Welcome to Raising Nashville. I'm Bucky. Juicebox. And we have got an all-new reoccurring segment for you guys. Uh, They're going to transpire into episodes because the word trending is often broadly used. So uh, we're going to just go ahead and call this Trending Now. Netflix edition. And since we are smack dab in the middle of our favorite month of the year, October, which gives us everything from changing leaves to trick-or-treating to Halloween, we decided to dive right into the number one trending movie on Netflix entitled Hubie Halloween. That's right. Another (laughs) uncut gem brought to us by Adam Sandler. No, wait, I'm sorry. Did I watch the wrong movie? I'm not quite sure right now. I hope you didn't watch Uncut Gems. Or I hope you did watch Uncut Gems, but just, you know, a couple months ago. Okay, so full disclosure, I watched this movie over two days because I couldn't um, stomach in one, or I couldn't finish it last night. I did finish it this morning and watch Uncut Gems, or at least the first hour of it, as a palate cleanser. Nice. So this week we have another Happy Madison production. Brought to you by Adam Sandler's $700 million deal with Netflix. $245 million for okay. four, four movies or something like that. Which I'm not sure if his stand-up counted as one of those, um, because that was a Netflix that only thing. And also, Uncut Gems was a Netflix movie, so I'm not quite sure if that counted towards his four-picture deal also. I mean, he was nominated for an Oscar for that. He didn't win... Yeah, And let's go ahead and put this out there because there is a Howard Stern interview from last year around Oscar season um, that said that if he got snubbed from the Oscars, he was going to make a movie so bad that it was going to get back at everybody from snubbing him. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it, it means Hubie Halloween was made. <laughs> See, I've seen Adam Sandler's first movie. It was called Going Overboard, and that by far is probably one of the worst movies ever. And it's not even like bad in like a good, fun way. It's just bad. So fun, so fun story about that is Adam Sandler was so popular in the early and mid '90s, right? Coming off that SNL run, he just drops Billy Madison out of nowhere. And I go to Blockbuster, and Billy Madison is out. Right? There's tons of VHS boxes with Billy Madison, but back Back then, you had to look behind that box to make sure the tape was there, oh, and it wasn't in, so I did rent Going Overboard, and God, that movie is so bad. It was so terrible, and that just made me like think back to like the anxiety of like going to the video store, wanting that movie, and you see the wall. If it's a popular movie, they have an entire wall of that movie, and you go up and Every single one is gone. Unless you're looking down in the bottom corner like, oh, is there one down there that someone forgot about? No. Did someone take the box behind the the marquee and put it behind another movie? Oh, classic. 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 (laughs) But this week on Raising Nashville podcast, we are reviewing the 2020 Halloween spectacular from Netflix called Hubie Halloween. Um, This movie was directed by Stephen Brill, and it was written by Tim Harreley. 
Herlihy? Herlihy. 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 Yeah. It's, I, it's one of the old, it's one of his boys from Saturday Night Live, like used to be a Saturday Night Live writer when Sandler was there. And I think is like co-written maybe all of his movies. Okay. So I'm glad you brought that up because let's start with the writer and then work our way back to the director. Tim Herlihy, um, he was, he wrote Billy Madison. He wrote Happy Gilmore. He wrote The Water Boy. He wrote Wedding Singer. He wrote Big Daddy. Now, those are, to me, the top five Adam Sandler movies of all time when it comes to comedy. I'm going to throw out Punch, Punch, Drunk, Love, and Uncut Gems because those are more serious roles, and I think Sandler does a good job in both of those. Sure. Um, but then I think Hare LaHaye loses his touch a little bit because he is credited for writing Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, and Bedtime Stories. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, other than Mr. Deeds, those were a couple of big flops there. See, I'm very torn because I had a DV a copy of Little Nicky on DVD back in the day, and I watched that a lot. Like, it is terrible, but it's also some pretty classic Sandler. Like, it's just so... The it, premise is so dumb, but once you get past the premise, there's some funny jokes in there. So terribly awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I remember enjoying it back in the day. I haven't watched it recently, but sure. I feel like it fits into the whole Sandler verse. Speaking of the Sandler verse, this movie has a whole lot of it, and you're going to notice a reoccurring theme today on our podcast, as well as if you have watched or are planning to watch Hubie Halloween and you're a big Happy Madison fan, this movie has it all. Speaking of that, the director, Stephen Brill, um, he directed Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, and Sandy Wexler, which to me is probably the worst of the Adam Sandler movies. I've never even heard of that movie. It was a Netflix film that came out about um, uh, like a, I don't know, washed up um, manager in Hollywood. Wow. Now, I also want to touch on Stephen Brill a little bit as the director of this film, because even though he did Little Nicky, Deeds, and Sandy Wexler, he also is credited for... Uh, directing or writing some of my favorite stuff growing up. Uh, he did Armageddon. No, <laughs> he did uh, direct Heavyweights, which is one of my favorite kid movies. Uh, he wrote all three Mighty Ducks. Hmm. So uh, he, he was a screenwriter on two and three, but he wrote Mighty Ducks one. He also directed Without a Paddle, Ready to Rumble, which I think those are a couple like Steve Zahn movies, and Drill Bit Taylor, which was the Owen Wilson flop, I thought was terrible. I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> it's it's okay. You, you, everybody can skip that one. Okay. Um, so let's get right into it. Hubie Halloween. Uh, I, I'm seeing an, uh, an overlying theme of bullying in this movie. It's about... The town dummy who, to me, is like, you know, a self-appointed hall monitor in school, right? So he wears a sash. Uh, he's the, I, I can't remember what it says on the sash, but he's riding around in his sole job in this town of Salem, Massachusetts, which is where the Salem witch trials took place. And they're saying in this movie that it is the epicenter of Halloween, right? It's the one town in America that if you wanted to go celebrate Halloween, this would be it because of the history with the Salem witch trials. I compare this, this town. Well, I mean, it's Salem, obviously, but kind of the way they portray it is, um, similar to how, what was the city in Jaws? Like the beach that they didn't want to close down because, you know, Sure. The tour, it was tourist attraction. You know, there's some shit that happens in this movie, and we're going to spoil everything about this movie, just so you know. But this is a movie that can be spoiled. Yeah. 
But anyway, so like they kind of allude to the same type of thing. They like don't want anybody to report on anything bad going on because this is a big time of year. We got to make our money. All the tourists in town. It is. So Sandler lives with his mom uh, or Hubie. Sorry. Hubie lives with his mom. He's like the town hall monitor. And his sole purpose, he thinks, in life is to protect every family and kid in this town on Halloween. Yeah. So it's his favorite holiday. He decorates his yard. You know, he goes to the school and he gives, you know, Halloween safety tips. And, you know, he does all of this stuff. But constantly you find out throughout the movie that over the years since he was a little kid, he's been bullied. And you kind of. I think, yeah, I I think bullying might be a bit of an understatement. (laughs) First off, let's go ahead and talk about this real quick. Like, I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I'm older now. But like this whole, it's the same premise as the water boy, more or less. It's, it's he's, sure. He is the same character as the water boy. So I don't know why, maybe it didn't bother me back in the day, but for some reason, the thought of people in town bullying somebody that's obviously like developmentally disabled really rubbed me the wrong way in this movie. Sure. And I don't know if it was because they were just going to the extreme because it was like, they were going beyond, like everybody's bullying and making fun of them, but they are actively trying to kill him throughout this entire movie. He's riding his bike. They throw a cinder block at him at one point. At one point in the movie, a flaming spear is thrown at him by the townsfolk. Yes. I think that is hilarious. It's how, if you've seen the movie, you understand when he's riding his bike down the street, people are throwing things left and right at him. I think it starts with like eggs and things like that. It does start with eggs. And that scene alone... I mean, two minutes into the movie, I was like, what in the fuck is going on? I agree. And then by the time the movie's over, they're throwing like washing machines at him. And it's just ridiculous. It's way over the top. And I think that they- And he has like ninja dodging skills too. Let's not gloss over that. Like I was going to say that that just kind of goes deeper into the fact that he's been bullied his whole life, that now he knows how to avoid it. And he's pretty good on that bicycle. Um, and there's some unrealistic things going on, but he's a master of his craft, which his craft is getting bullied, I guess. I have no idea. I'm not really sure either, because you say that he's around to protect people from Halloween. He is the most scared person in town also. He is scared by every single Halloween decoration that he sees. So you see that that theme. You see, you know, his mom telling him to stand up for himself. And then, you know, a lot of things happen. And then, boom, Halloween night happens. It, you know, it opens with a news story on TV about Halloween. It's the biggest holiday. And they start in the morning. And this, this whole movie kind of takes place over one single day on Halloween. They have everything, by the way. This movie is eye candy for anybody who loves that holiday. And I think that that's the best part of the movie is being able to see all the decorations and the sets and like what they do when creating this thing. It just put me in a whole different world and kind of made me forget about the fact that I didn't understand what Hubie was saying throughout half the movie. Oh my God. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up because at one point I turned on the, like I turn on subtitles anyway on some stuff because I feel like, I, my hearing is going, but for this one, I was just like, I, I can I can understand what everybody else is saying just fine, but I can't understand what he's mumbling. You kind of get used to it over time. Like if somebody has an accent, you get used to the accent. You start understanding what they're saying. This one, no, no. <laughs> no. throughout the whole thing. No. 
So we have to talk about the cast because, again, with this whole, and we're hesitant to say this, Sandler-verse, you know, if you've seen Happy Madison productions, if you've seen Adam Sandler movies, you understand everybody out there knows that he often brings a crew along with him. They're in every one of his films, or he has reoccurring roles, reoccurring actors that come out that I honestly think most of them are in debt to him because he consistently makes you know, somewhat questionable films and all of them are always there. And it's either they have a really close friendship or he has something on them. Yeah, maybe. I feel like some of them, I mean, for one, it's probably an easy paycheck. And one thing I've read in the past is like, you know, a Sandler film is like, they're always just having a good time on set, you know? And it's like, they they enjoy hanging out with their friends because it's like a lot of Saturday Night Live people are like, you know, Kevin James, who is like a common uh, comic, like when they were start, all starting out or whatever. So I get that aspect of it. And plus, for some reason, fucking some of these Sandler movies still make a shit ton of money, even the bad ones. like They do. Gr- it, what was it? Grown, is Grown Ups the one that first like had like just literally every single one of those dudes in it? Grown Ups, then Grown Ups 2. And um, those movies were fucking horrible. I'm going to have to s- step aside and disagree with you. I think over the okay. last 10 years, those could be some of the best, and we'll get into that in a little some of the bit. Best, some of the best what? Please clarify the end of that Some sentence. of the best Adam Sandler comedies in the last 10 years and hold that's, on and we'll that, get into that in a little bit but to, not, that, that's not even saying much. to touch on your point um adam sandler has his movies have made two billion dollars um since he has started doing this he is a pretty wealthy actor but two billion dollars and so you're right they do make a lot of money it could be an easy paycheck but let's talk about this out of the top billed actors in this film 19 of them have appeared in Adam Sandler movies before. So if you, again, love Happy Madison Productions, you're going to get your fill of these guys and girls who have who are in former you know, Adam Sandler movies. Let's start with, we can just run down the list. Kevin James, big actor, obviously been in Sandler movies before. Julie Bowen, who played his love interest in uh, Billy Madison. No, Happy Gilmore, sorry. Yeah. The blonde-headed uh, girl in Happy Gilmore. Mm. Steve Buscemi, obviously, you knew he was going to show up in this one. Right. He's in every one of them. When he first showed up in this movie as Adam Sandler's next-door neighbor, I thought he was going to play that role from Billy Madison, though. I thought I, he was like the grown-up guy that put the lipstick on wanted to murder everybody. I totally thought that, too. And this guy was just like a crazy person that was living in an insane as- escape from a insane asylum. There's no, you can't say it's not the same person. That that's true. That could be. Uh, goes back to the Sandler verse. Rob Schneider's in this film. He's been in a lot of Sandler movies. Maya Rudolph, Tim Meadows, obviously has that SNL connection. Uh, Dan Patrick, uh, Blake Clark, who is the older guy with the raspy voice. It was kind of he's in the Water Boy. He's been in a lot of Sandler movies. Um, ben Stiller makes an appearance in this movie. That one. That one kind of surprised me the most. I feel like I think it was the I think it was the second best. Reprising that character surprised me. Sure, it was great. George Wallace, who played the mayor in Mr. Deeds, plays the mayor in this movie. So you got kind of a connection there. Jackie Sandler, which is Adam Sandler's wife, has been in the films before. 
I wrote down in my notes, she is a terrible actor. She is so bad. <laughs> Paul Sato is also also in this movie, who's been in a couple of Sandler films, Kenan Thompson, China Ann McLean, who plays in this one, I guess, Ray Liotta's uh, love interest in The Haunted House. That was uh, that's kind of a weird thing going I, on there. I don't know if I would call that a love interest as much as an old man really <laughs> perving on a younger woman. That, that, that part made, made me a little uncomfortable. Uh, Alan Covert is in this movie, too, and most of you remember him. He's been with Sandler since the beginning. He's also the star and lead role in Grandma's Boy. So those were people who were connected. I'm very surprised that Peter Dante is not in this film, it, as well as the other guy, and I can't remember his name, is um, the two guys with Alan Covert that's been with him, with Sandler since the beginning, who's mm-hmm. been in all of his films. I don't know what happened to those two, if maybe they were COVID conscious or they didn't want to step on the set. Uh, it, it was kind of confusing that so many people were in these movies and those two guys were kind of left out. I I almost wonder when this movie was made. I mean, I don't feel like it was made during quarantine. It had to have been made like I, I guess I, over true. a year ago, probably. Yeah. We, I want to touch on this. The uh, the Miles Davis lady makes an appearance in this movie from Billy Madison. Uh, what? Yeah, she's the one who uh, is like a chaperone at the school for the, like the school dance or whatever, and he hands her the crosswords to no, hand out to the. No, no, no. That that lady was like a hundred years old in Billy Madison. There's no way she was in this movie. I thought that was her. I'm saying that that lady is dead. Maybe it was her daughter. Um, I, I do have to bring up Ray Liotta is in this movie. He has not been in a former Sandler film, and then Adam Sandler's mom. I want to talk about for a second. Her name is June Squibb as the actress, and she has some of the most comical parts in this film. And basically, they don't come out of her mouth. There are the T-shirts that she wears. And I could have swore June Squibb was in a former Sandler film, but I had to look it up and I had to get deep because I knew her from somewhere, right? Right. And I thought she might have been one of the grandmas and grandma's boy, or she was like a former, you know, mom actor in one of the movies. Turns out she's not, but I do know where I remember her from. And it is another Halloween or horror classic that Juicebox and I share love for, and that is Would You Rather? She is sitting at the table in Would You Rather. Oh, wow. Yep. And that is the only other movie I know her from. Damn. Okay. So it's funny you mentioned that because I made a note that like this t-shirt gag is done by the second t-shirt and they beat it to death. <laughs> like They show her wearing 10 different just stupid ass t-shirts. Like It's it. it. She got them all from like Goodwill. Yeah. And I think there's one scene in the movie where she has a friend, and I think the friend has the best T-shirt of the whole movie. Oh, what did it say? It said something like, would you get down there and lick it or something? (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) Why would it say that, though? Because all of them were like a pun for something else. That's just like... You had a boner donor. You had like the crosshairs. It says, "If if you're standing this close, you're within farting distance. Uh, th- those t-shirts to me were the funniest parts of the movie. Interesting. They just came out of nowhere. Yeah. I want to go back to Ray, Ray Liotta real quick. I thought for sure he has, he has not been in any other Sandler movies. He has not. I had to go deep on that one and I had to go all the way back to like Goodfellas to make sure that he hadn't been in something. Let me ask you this. Is Ray Liotta a good actor or is he just like a straight up sociopath and that's just the character that he plays in every movie? Like... I- 
I agree with that. Uh, I'm going to have to say that I think his fame came early in his career, and it was all basically Goodfellas. I think he maybe in a couple of other films he's been good, but I think Goodfellas was it. It put him on the map, and he's been writing that success ever since. He's been playing that exact same character since Goodfellas. Like 72 times. He's made 72 movies since Goodfellas, and he does play the exact same character. Well, even when you see him in interviews, like he just comes across like as that same person. Very but, brash. Yeah. I mean, so what was the acting wise, what was the biggest surprise for you in this movie? So let me say, I don't know that I had any surprise, like huge surprise where I was just like, oh man, I can't believe it. Because I would have been like Tom Cruise or something like that. I was leaning more towards not an actor, but a prop in this movie, which is Rob Schneider's hair. Um, that when Rob Schneider takes that pig mask off because he escapes from the middle institution and you finally find out it is Rob Schneider, right? His hair and his whole demeanor was just like, again, that's probably besides uh, Hubie's mom's t shirts, that was my second favorite part of this movie was just Rob Schneider because I thought the way he played just this relaxed mental institution guy, yeah, trying to get Steve Buscemi back to the mental institution was. I, I don't know. It was classic. Yeah, it was, it was a fun reveal. The thing that I thought was weird, though, they like talked about it in, like, uh, Kevin James' character talked about it. He was like, uh, he's been locked up since the Carter administration, which was 40 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So this dude's been locked up for 40 years. So Hubie Halloween is 58 years old. I mean, they, these characters are all 58 years old. They're all old. Because they right? all went to high school together. I think Sandler is 56, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I had to look that up, but... Still, this is, it's the whole thing is weird. I don't know. It's The, that, ta- the that time one, frame of it is weird. That Carter administration comment was strange. It was kind of... It's like if it's like this play, guy plays the Michael Myers role, right? He's locked up for killing his sister when he was six. And oh, he stayed yeah. locked up. Is that what that... Oh, man, that was the parallel of that. That's like, I guess everything in this movie is just a parallel of another... That's it. Yeah. This is just one big Halloween spoof. It's like the movie... It's like scary movie, except insert everybody who's ever been with Adam Sandler. Yeah. Um, we can talk about a couple of props of the film. Obviously, the biggest one being Adam Sandler's um, thermos. thermos. <laughs> Dude, yeah. One of the first things I wrote down was... What did I miss something about this thermos? Like, did I did I look up or look away for a second and miss some plot point that tells us what this thermos is? Because what the hell? It's like he's like a superhero with it. Yeah, it talked about he built the thermos when he was in Boy Scouts. Um, there was oh, that okay. part. So I guess I missed that part. But first of all, you'd have to be like a NASA scientist to build this thermos when you're in Boy Scouts because it does everything. So you're first introduced by he, th- some kids throw some eggs at him and he catches them in the thermos, blends like shakes it up, chugs it, and then projectile vomits the eggs back out. I I didn't understand what was going. I was like, is this exorcist type thing or something? What what is it? What is this? The thermos also acted as what a hair dryer. Um, it acted as okay. Um, this, these are all the ones that I noticed. There may be some missing. Okay. It was a flashlight. It was a megaphone. It was a scented candle when he was in the bathroom taking a dump. <laughs> it was a grappling hook. It was a shovel. It was a vacuum cleaner. It was whatever that thing is like that caught eggs, which maybe be the vacuum cleaner. It was a soup separator. 
Because there was one point where he poured three different types of soup in there, and then... I thought he blended them. I thought oh, there was is that a, what it was? That, okay. Yeah, that blender portion of it. Okay. Wasn't it an umbrella it, at cer- a certain point? It was an umbrella. It was a... Um, sorry. A can of mace, a flare gun... Um, and you said hairdryer already. That and an umbrella. <laughs> it was like they were filling every plot hole in the movie with this one thermos. Yeah, it was very Inspector Gadget. Um, and why he chose that, God knows. I mean, it, it was just a very strange. It was almost its own character in the movie. Was that thermos? It was like some kind of weird homage to Canteen Boy from like Saturday Night Live or something like that. It's just like ah. the, this whole thing was just like every single. It's like if you put every single aspect of the Sandler universe in a computer AI program and then typed in Halloween theme, and then this is like what it turned out. I sure. Like. No, I completely agree. So let, let's not like go too far into this movie, but like I do want to say like at about the 50 minute mark, I was like find myself getting bored. So like I paused the movie and I went to my kitchen and I got in the cabinet and I got out a little bottle of uh, CBD oil from Two Tours CBD. That would help you through an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. I put a couple drops in there, and I fully intended to go back and watch the rest of it. And full disclosure, I fell asleep. And that's what CBD is supposed to do. It helps you relax. It helps you control anxiety. Even if you wanted to stay up and watch the rest of Hubie Halloween, it would help you get through the terribleness of this movie. Yeah, it might make you think it was better, or at least fall asleep and wake up and watch the second half of it like begrudgingly in the morning. And I'm glad you mentioned that, because our listenership, we actually have a special for you at Two Tours CBD. If you go to twotours.com, you can f- and put in the code RAISINGNASHVILLE, you will get 10% off any orders plus free shipping. We also get a little bit of extra out of it as well. Uh, next, if I have to go back and watch Hubie Halloween again, I'm definitely going to be on that CBD. Yeah, it was nice. I put some in my coffee this morning when I finished watching it, so it made it like nice and uh, mellow. Yeah, and gave you the foresight to start watching Uncut Gems. Yeah, as my palate cleanser. Twotours.com. Go on there, type in the code Raising Nashville for your special offer today. Two Tours CBD. We came home together, we grow together. So anyway, once I started watching it again this morning, it was like right after the kid, it was the corn maze part. So it was like after the kid got pulled back into the corn maze, you know, it's like, okay, was that a kill? And if so, why did it take 45 minutes for there to be a kill in this horror movie? And that made me take a note and start thinking, what exactly kind of movie is this? Is it, is this a comedy movie? Is it like a horror movie? Like, it, what what's the genre of this movie? It, it it took a big turn in that corn maze. I completely agree. What kind of turn did it take? I mean, let me ask you because I'm seriously confused at this point of what type of movie this is supposed to be. I wanted to say during that corn maze, I got a, a and please don't murder me for this, but I got a a little bit of a broken lizards club dread vibe from the corn maze, uh, especially when you see. Uh, that character who has a great costume, by the way, just throwing on some teeth and being Freddie Mercury, uh, it worked really well. <laughs> I don't think that's all his costume was. But. Well, I know that, but <laughs> seeing him get pulled through the corn from the back. Right. I, I just, and then that re- 
reoccurring theme starts to happen where people just get pulled from the back, like way off in the distance. Like no being could possibly do this. Right, exactly. It's like a sci-fi force that's pulling someone. And it got a little confusing at that point. So yeah, I was like, what kind of, like I said, I didn't know what kind of movie is this? Because to that point, you know, there was the t-shirt gag. There was a couple of other things that were kind of funny, but like for the most part, it wasn't like, super funny no uh, it was i didn't think it was that funny at all uh, again eye candy on the halloween stuff but the the horror part and once you find out the end where all of those people actually went it made a little bit more sense but come on the person who was responsible for that could not have even pushed that person over <laughs> it, it, it was a little strange and spoiler alert the killer or not even the killer. The the abductor is his mom, his frail old mom from, who actually I guess you know was in a prior horror movie. So it meant, you know she knows how to kill people. I guess sure. So anyway, I get to the end of it, and I'm just like, I guess this is just a Halloween movie. Sure. Is this just a new genre of thing? Like this is going to be like a Christmas. They're trying to make like a Christmas movie, but it's a Halloween movie, and there's just going to always be these certain tropes that are in these like fun Halloween family is this a family movie see i don't even know I think like it who is, is this a, movie for i think it's a family movie there's limited cussing there's not very much brutality like there's there's things for kids to me there's not much brutality except for they literally are trying to kill this man the entire movie the True. whole town like he when he goes to that party and they're like ready to beat him to death <laughs> like these teens are ready to beat him to death that's true um, but uh, the good guy wins in the end. That, speaking of that, I have to bring up this whole Julie Bowen story of uh, of this beautiful woman being a server at a diner that is in love with Adam, like over the top in love with Hubie. It just that that did not make sense. It made me so angry. And her previous love interest is the cop who was played by. Kevin James. Kevin James, who not only played by Kevin James, he's got like a mullet and this disgusting beard. Dude, like the worst wig and beard ever. Like that was in and of, of itself its own joke, I guess. Like him just having that stupid look the entire movie. Because he's never out of his cop uniform. He just looks the exact... Well, I guess it's... Sorry, it takes place in one day. Sure. But the other thing about Julie Bowen, like that character is like... Obviously, maybe a little bit develop me disabled. Also, it's okay. like I, I feel like there's something going on there with her. With her, she's not quite there. She is a foster parent for three teenagers. Yeah, and <laughs> yes. she is not nearly cl- like does not have it all together. Like, get this: the three teenagers, two of the daughters are Adam Sandler's daughters, and the other one, his last name is Sandler. It's like Kevin Sandler or something was like it? that. No, yeah. it's it's Will from. Um, Stranger Things, right? Oh, he was the other one? There's a guy in this movie named Kevin Sandler, which would blow me away, which I kind of want to touch on this for just a second. But yes, the kid from Stranger Things is all grown up, which makes me think, what is Stranger Things season four going to look like? Are these kids going to be like full through puberty with deep voices, smoking cigs and drinking or at pulling hay misters? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, don't know. I, I don't know either. I mean, my opinion on that is like, they should have been able to tell that story in three seasons. Sure. Now that's just a money grab. Look at the credits at the end of the movie. There are so many actors in this movie. I mean, it goes on and on. I read a thing uh, earlier that 
The credits are 15 minutes long. So this movie's billed as an hour and 45 minutes, but if you take away the 15 minutes of credits, it's an hour and 30 minutes long. I did notice some last names, so I had to dig into it. Not only is this the Adam Sandler verse, but he allowed actors to bring their kids along to play background roles. Ben Stiller's daughter is in this movie. All of Kevin James's kids, Colin Quinn's son, and Ray Liotta's daughter, all in this film, uh, in like the high school party party scene. <laughs> they were the kids that wanted to beat him to death. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, so it was pretty cool that they allowed him to do that. I mean, you had to fill this with a bunch of actors, uh, no matter when it was filmed, COVID or pre-COVID. But if you've seen it, you know what happens. It's, I don't know. I, I can't. It's nostalgic, I guess, or I, I, I don't. Just, I, I can't get. It. It's not good. Yeah, to me. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't. If it's nostalgic, it's not a nostalgia that I have because I didn't grow up watching this type of Halloween cheesy movie. Like no, I, but we have been subjected to some pretty terrible Adam Sandler films over the years, and I want to play this. Uh, play this little game with Juicebox here. Okay. Can you? <laughs> Can you name the, or let me ask you this, what's your opinion? What is the best Adam Sandler comedy in the last 10 years? Let's make it harder because we all know that in the 90s he was slaying it. And I think somewhere around 2002, he might have lost his way. So uh, okay. now over the last 10 years, I can, I can read them. Do you want me to read them all for you? I, I need a list for sure. Because <laughs> I, I have an idea of what I think it is, but I also don't know. All the movies on that list. All right, let's start with Hubie Halloween. Obviously, we're reviewing that today. Murder Mystery, Sandy Wexler, mm -hmm. The Ridiculous Six, mm -hmm. That's My Boy, Jack and Jill, Grown Ups, Grown Ups 2, and The Do-Over. Okay, so it's it's That's My Boy. Okay. It's, that, e it's easily that movie. I'm going to have to agree with you, although if you technically count his voice, I would say Hotel Transylvania trumps all of that because out of, of animated films that's probably one of my favorite ever is hotel transylvania series um i haven't seen it you really to me you have to date back to 2009 which is 11 years ago funny people is the last i think comedy that he made that i just thought was incredible but that's not a sandler comedy it's not but it also well i don't know i mean the, it's not. It's not a Sandler comedy. It's a Judd Apatow movie. Okay. Well, we're talking about th things those that are he two was different, in. Okay, that's f fair enough, but those are two different things. Even with all the terrible movies that he's made in the last 10 years, and some of them even prior to that over his career, he is, and we have to touch on this for a second, the sixth richest actor in the world. He comes in at $420 million. He's made $2 billion his movies have over the years that he's been making films. So I have to ask you, who do you think are the top five actors that Sandler comes in at six? Who's one through five? Tom Cruise, for yes. sure. Tom Hanks? No. Whoa. Hanks is like 10 or 11 on the list. Uh, Vin Diesel? <laughs> the Rock? No. They're probably inching up there, I would say. You'd think Will Smith would be one, too, but he's not. Coming in at number five, Mel Gibson. Huh. Number four is Robert De Niro. Number three, George Clooney at $525 million. Number two, Tom Cruise. And number one, I mean, this is kind of a default, but Shah Rukh Khan. 
He's like the guy who's just in every Bollywood movie ever. Hmm. Uh, he's the richest actor in the world at $600 million. So I think Sandler joins a pretty good list because behind him, you've got to think Nicholson is behind him. Clint Eastwood is behind him. I mean, there's so many other names. Tom Hanks, other yeah. massive names. Yeah, but I mean, those guys like are not making terrible movies like Hubie Halloween just to make money for Netflix. Well, yeah, that I guess, and also they haven't been really. I mean, Clint Eastwood has directed a few movies recently, but you know they're not super relevant in like these big money times. So they made sure. a lot of money in their in their lifetime, but like, um, see, I, it's interesting because like Sandler has the whole like Happy Madison production company that does other movies besides his movies because mm-hmm. like Grandma's Boy was one of those movies. Um, that movie that came out. I guess earlier this year with David Spade and Lauren Lapkus, uh, wrong Missy. Yep. I mean, that was a funny movie. Like that was a solid movie and it was like trending on, on Netflix for a while. It was like the number one film. So he's like beyond just him, his production company is making him sure some good money. And according to this contract, this is what one or number two of the four that he just signed on for. So we are going to see more Adam Sandler movies, so I guess expect more out of him. I expect better out of him. I don't know if we'll get another serious one like Spanglish or um, Punch Drunk Love or Uncut Gems, which I think in all three of those movies, he is an incredible actor. Yeah. And I think that some of this stuff, maybe you're right, maybe on set, they're just having fun with each other and they don't care what the finished product's going to be. Right. I mean, yeah, I think that, well, they know it's just going to be fine. The finished product is going to be just fine. It's sure. not going to be anything great. It's not going to be anything super terrible for most people. You know, it's going to be just, it is what it is. And it just makes you think like, I wonder if he wanted to do a Christmas movie and they were like, no, sorry, we already have a Christmas movie with uh, Kurt Russell coming out. So <laughs> like, you can't do that. So they gave him the Halloween He movie. did do a Christmas movie, right? It was animated. Um, yeah, no, but I'm saying for like the Netflix run. Oh, gotcha. So he needs to pick another holiday, uh, Easter, or I could see him playing a big, dumb Easter bunny. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, th- he could satisfy, he could, yeah. They he might find make four holidays and satisfy his four movie deal. Make 50 first dates too, or something like that. Who, who knows? Know. <laughs> who knows? So well, let's stop talking about the movie. Let, let's go ahead you know, we're not going to do a crazy rating system like we've done in the past. Let's just say straight up scale of one to 10, like it is on like uh, IMDb or mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. Like what, what are you giving this? I, I'm going to have to say four and four is generous. And four is basically like I've said before, just the, Everything that's going on in the background of this movie is just cool. I mean, it's like if you're in this season, in this month that we love so much, you want to watch Halloween stuff. I mean, I don't care if it's a cartoon with your kids or a horror movie after they go to sleep or something that's going to make you jump. It was entertaining, but I couldn't get past the voice, so that knocked it down six for me. So I'm going to say four. I would not watch this again, even if it's on TV. See, the thing for me, like you you mentioned it, you want to watch Halloween stuff, but like there is a lack of Halloween stuff, I feel like, especially for like family watching. You know, we've got horror movies that we can watch. There's a there's no shortage of those. Like sure. whatever whatever your pick your poison, you know what I'm saying? But like, you know, we have um the great pumpkin Charlie Brown or whatever, yep. and like 
there's Hocus Pocus, I guess. You know, there's a few family movies, but not a ton pop into mind. So we'd like need more programming on that. That said, I don't know if this is really it. <laughs> so I, I was I was telling Bucky before we started recording, like I, w- I was kind of torn on this movie because initially I was like, this movie is terrible. Like, th- why does this movie even exist? And then I started to think about it like, well, okay, there just needs to be Halloween type of programming. Like, it's it's fine for that. It's, it is what it is. And it had such a good opening scene and pop that you thought it was just going to ride through the rest of the movie with Stiller coming out and reprising his role. And, like, that was the opening scene, and you're like, man, this is set to be great, and it wasn't. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, there wasn't, like... Like, he reprised the role, but really no other people reprised roles from Sandler movies, right? Like, everybody else was still a different character. He was the only person that was the the same character. So, I know you've never seen it, but in Grown Ups 2, I think they have a Halloween party, and Tim Meadows and Maya Rudolph are together in that movie, and they they are dressed up the exact same. My wife called that out. Okay. Um, So, I mean, there were a couple. Like I said, the... uh, Miles Davis, pee your pants, lady. But apparently, that's not her. <laughs> we'll we'll have to do some fact checking on that. So anyway, I would give this movie. I'd I'm gonna be generous and give this movie like a five. Okay, that's kind of how it is online. Like it's about a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like five point two on IMDb or something like that. And when I looked into it a little bit closer, like it's not even like that many people rating it like us, like four or five or you know anything like that. Sure. It's like people that are all in like. Nine, ten, or people that are just a one. Like you're either 100. with Adam Sandler yeah. or you're against him. That being said, I pulled a couple of the reviews I just wanted to share real quick from IMDb of just like some of the more extreme ones. We love reading reviews on this podcast. Okay, so do you want a ten or a one star first? Let's go with the ten because I think one will be way more entertaining. Okay, let me read the title real quick. You either enjoy Adam Sandler movies or you don't. That's what we said. <laughs> For those who enjoy his movies, they will enjoy this one for sure. For those who dislike or hate his movies, then obviously they won't like it, and I find it rather rude that they take their time to come to write bad reviews. Wow. Now, let me rip that apart real quick, (laughs) because that person just said, if you like him, you'll like it. If you don't, you won't, which means I think that person might not have liked it, and they're just trying to defend Adam Sandler on that post. Maybe. They understand that it was a bad movie. But here, they go on to say, if these people already know they don't like his work, then why bother watching it? They insult his intelligence, but obviously theirs is rather lacking if they're watching something they know they will hate, but do so anyways. That's profound, I guess. (laughs) This movie is jam-packed with familiar faces that provide tons of nostalgia for the people who grew up watching his movies and similar movies. Yeah. 10 out of 10. That's exactly what it is. So, not I mean, this person was defending it and they were attacking the other people, which I guess is just what we do in the comments. Trolling. Yeah. So, 122 out of 200 people found that uh, helpful. All right. Now, let's dive into this one-star review. This is what I'm excited about. Okay. This one, you you didn't like that? See, I like that last one because that person got, like, really upset about the people that were writing bad views about it. Sure. And insulted their intelligence. Someone's probably walking around wearing a little Nikki t-shirt or something. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so this one's entitled, Time to Cancel Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All in. All in on that. Yes. 
prices going up. They're paying Adam Sandler $275 million to make four movies. So he made $68 million from this steaming pile. You go from uncut gems to the typical idiotic Sandler movies that might as well be improvised. And of course, you've got Paul Blart in the movie because he always casts his talentless, broke friends in all of his movies. I don't think Kevin James is broke. <laughs> say that. <laughs> I just love these like, and of course, you've got Paul Blart in this movie. <laughs> all right, at least hit me with one more before we get out of here. Okay, do you, uh, one more, one star or t- uh, ten star? You know my answer. Okay. This is a one star, and I, I swear I didn't write this, but it has a lot of the same feelings. Mean spirited and cruel movie where an entire town bullies what seems to be a developing disabled person. This is just absolute garbage. <laughs> the whole town, adults and kids alike, bullied this guy relentlessly. How is that supposed to be funny? If you don't have a problem with that premise alone, you are a terrible person and should not reproduce. <laughs> there we go, attacking reproductive rights. using the voice and behaviors of a developmentally disabled person isn't funny it's again it's cruel and sad so much potential with the big budget and supporting cast too bad someone allowed adam sandler to portray this kind of pitiful and relentlessly targeted character come on bro retire this stupid played out voice and stick to making funny movies where the characters aren't the joke the story is hmm okay i I, I, I can dig that. So that just makes me refer back to the other person's the other person's review that said, this is just an Adam Sandler movie. Sure. So that made me think twice. It's like, this has been Adam Sandler movies. And it's like, I think I read another one that was like, you can't like The Waterboy and not like this movie because it's like the same basic type thing. I and, didn't really like The Waterboy. I mean, um, I, I thought it was okay when I was younger, but at the same time, it was like the same thing. It was just like bullying somebody that was like, you know, obviously had a disability. Sure. Like, but it's either Adam Sandler playing these, go- like in his comedies, it's he- either him playing these goofy characters or he's playing Adam Sandler. Like he's just himself, like in Mr. Deeds, right? So the whole town is crazy, and he's just a normal guy who lands on a couple billion dollars or something. Yeah. And it's just normal Adam Sandler, like right. bedtime stories. And, you know, some of the other movies that he's made, I think, you know, I think most of everybody listening will agree that Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, and The Wedding Singer are like the three biggest. Another example of just regular Adam Sandler is Big Daddy. I was I mean, going to say, I, that's always been high on my list. I feel like that's a touching movie. He's playing like a regular person. Like, I don't know. No, it's, it's, I think that movie's great. Um, well, this has been a incredible episode <laughs> of our new series called Raising Nashville Podcast Trending Now. And we will be back. You know, it allows us to open the palette a little bit more and go go deeper into things that are trending, not necessarily on TV or Netflix, but throughout our lives. Um, We really enjoyed it. We're getting closer and closer, you guys. We are just a little over two weeks away from my favorite holiday ever. Yeah, but it's going to be so weird this year. It is. Uh, And maybe... 
what we should do is kind of break down trick-or-treating and how it has changed and is going to change for this year, especially with all of the news that COVID's rising again, there's clusters coming out. I saw a news article the other day or a news report on TV that said, hey, holidays are kind of back on lockdown now um, yeah. because of this stuff is getting bigger. So uh, maybe next week what we'll do is break down trick-or-treating and how you can do it safely, uh, give you some suggestions. But again, we're here every Monday. O'Doyle rules. <laughs> <laughs>